Business Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. Just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us, and we always welcome feedback um, and communication via our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram, and you can support us on Ko-fi if you so choose. Um, today we are not really going to be doing We See Yous. We are going to be venting, going deep, going deep. <laughs> on one important <laughs> issue. <laughs> it's a doozy. So there's no We See Yous uh, this week. There is literally nothing else uh, <laughs> on, on our minds. <laughs> I mean, there are, but you know, for the purposes of this podcast, the big thing is the leaked draft majority Supreme Court decision by Justice Samuel Alito, which overturns Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, a full-throated repudiation of a woman's right to access abortion. This is based on the case Dobbs versus Women's uh, versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, asking the question, um, does that Mississippi law banning nearly all abortions after 15 weeks gestational age, is that unconstitutional? That's the question that they're asking at the heart of the case. Last night, what really no one was prepared for was this leak to Politico, the full, um, what was it, like 90 pages with footnotes, 98 yeah, like pages. Yeah, 98, I think. 98 pages, footnotes, and all like very uh, pretty far along draft from February of 2022. Mm -hmm. um, and it has since been verified by Justice John Roberts, Chief Justice John mm -hmm. Roberts. So yeah, that's that's what we're going to talk about. That's we're. St I mean, I think it's it happened 24 hours ago, and I'm still processing. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. And um, Justice John Roberts said that the draft is authentic, but that the court's decision isn't final, and everyone. Everyone's saying, or not everyone, but a lot of people are repeating that, oh, it's not final, um, which technically is true. Mm -hmm. But when you consider the support that was given at the time that it was written, the vote that was held at the time, and the fact I don't think a dissent is going to sway. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yes, it's not technically final. This is the first draft, and drafts get passed around, and language gets changed, but there's no logical explanation I've seen for a way in which this draft isn't indicative of what their decision is going to be. Right. I totally agree. Um, it seems like common practice for the court is for them to basically do a straw poll, basically, um, a vote immediately after the oral arguments. Um, in this case, that those happened, I think, in December. Mm -hmm. And then whoever is the most senior person in the majority chooses who writes the opinion. So Clarence Thomas chose Alito in this case. What was your immediate reaction when you saw this news? Um... Gosh, what was my immediate reaction when I saw this <laughs> news? Um, it was something I saw when I was scrolling, and I think someone posted something on Instagram that alluded to it, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 what now? This isn't just like alluding to the 
strong possibility this could happen or whatever. This is alluding to like a specific leak of a draft, which has never happened before. And I was reading and I just felt kind of like I wasn't, I was shocked, but not surprised if that makes sense. Like I, I knew that this or some version of this could very likely and was very likely coming based on who was lurking in the Supreme court. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, we were prepped not to expect a decision from them yet. And I had, uh, <laughs> had other things on my mind. Right. Um, so it was just, it was uh, like, it's not surprising, but shocking and, and gutting and terrible. And we'll talk about like the ramifications and the repercussions and what this really means. But mm-hmm. just as like an, an individual human being who is capable of getting pregnant and carrying a, mm-hmm. a human, um, as I did with my daughter, who I love very dearly. Um, it's yeah. it's spooky as hell, especially because the opinion sets a precedent that states can criminalize abortion at all points in pregnancy without any exceptions for mm-hmm. rape, incest, mother's life in peril. And I was thinking about the fact that I'm privileged that I'm at I'm in a place in my life where if I were to get pregnant by accident at this specific juncture, I would not choose to have an abortion. But that doesn't even mean I wouldn't need one. Mm-hmm. For health reasons. And how right. scary is it to know that if I choose to get pregnant again, um, which I'm planning to, or if I do by accident, that if something happens, that means that I can't safely continue the pregnancy or even like the, there's something wrong with the fetus that they can't be viable to term that negatively impacts my health, that I potentially am signing my own like death warrant mm-hmm. by doing so that I have to potentially decide it's worth risking my life to have another child um which i don't think it is because i think my daughter deserves to have her mother around and i do want more kids but Mm -hmm. i'm like at this point in my life i am someone who is the least impacted by this as far as someone who can get pregnant goes and Mm -hmm. i'm still personally quite afraid because of it and you know i worry about my daughter and I don't think you need to have a daughter or know a person with a uterus to care <laughs> about this. I think that's, I hate when people do that, but we're talking about our personal reactions and opinions. I do worry for her. And like, what if this becomes law and she is raped at 15 or she has consensual sex at 15 or, you mm-hmm. know, and, or she's 20 or she's 40 and you know, it's like, yeah. Or any of the other human beings in my life who I care about who can possibly get pregnant. Um, and I do want to just throw out there that not just cis women can get pregnant. The mm-hmm. conversation sen- tends to center around language like that um, because when you look at just the numbers mm-hmm. and who's impacted and who has historically been, cis women are, you know, there are more <laughs> who are right. impacted, but there are individuals who are trans, who are gender nonconforming, who could also be impacted by this. So I just wanted to. Yeah. Throw that out at the top. But um Yeah. Yeah, and it just frustrated, you know, we've we've said this could happen, said this might happen, said this would mm-hmm. probably happen, and people acted like we were bonkers. Um frustrated with a lot of individuals and a lot of institutions and a lot of systems. And uh also felt a bit hopeless and helpless as to what to do, you know. Yeah. And what this is going to mean and what else will happen because of this there are all these arguments about because of the way this was written other things that we could lose 
mm-hmm. um, which I think is important to talk about without lessening the impact of this decision itself. Right. Um, assuming this is what the decision will be, but right. So, yeah. It- I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. How about you? What was your, what was your response, <laughs> your reaction? Um, the predominant emotion has been anger and it just feels like it is, I mean, I know that there are all these phrases that's like anger corrodes the glass that it's in, like hate, jealousy, like they're corrosive and they, they hurt the, the vessel that is that is being stored in. So, you know, I can't help it. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm so angry and I'm, I I have no patience um, for people who like anyone who basically, you know, they're, I feel that both you and I have had a lot of patient conversations with women who voted for Trump with women who've had abortions, who then still turned around and voted for Trump. We both, we both know those people. Um, and today and last night was just, was the night where I was like, fuck every single one of you well and truly. And I hope that you feel deep shame. Um, I really do. I know that shame, you know, we shouldn't be wishing it on people, but I, I, I intentionally, I think you should feel very, I think you should feel shame, um, for accessing that privilege yourself and then taking that decision away from other people. Um, you know, that's a conscious thing. That's a conscious thing that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I sort of, so I, I turned kind of on my, my anger <laughs> spigot on, um, and full blast towards, I think that specific niche of people. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's a lot of white women like too, which is represents a huge, um, problematic portion of the country right now. <laughs> um, like, you know, and, it's women who like vote for Biden, but then turn around and vote Republican. Cause like one word on critical race theory, like freaked them out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's feeble, it's feeble minded and it's, it's cowardly and it's selfish and it's short-sighted and it's fucked up. Um, so I think anger first, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was feeling so just like a ball of toxic energy that mm-hmm. I really wanted to intentionally make Instagram an unpleasant place for other people, you know, like, our, like <laughs> love that energy queen. <laughs> I know it was kind of like, I was just sort of like, I'm upset. Whatever strikes me on stories, like mm-hmm. within reason, I'm kind of like post, 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 like you, I'm sorry that it's not like my dinner or like a fun boomerang of wine tonight. Like it's, <laughs> we're doing what we're doing. <sighs> yeah. Anger. Fuck that. No, absolutely. And I like, I, I felt like I should, it was, I was having these things of like, I should post something, but what do I post? And I started like trying to articulate all my thoughts in like an <laughs> Instagram story. So I was like, this isn't going to work. Right. So I just, posted like a Elmo on fire gift and was just like, <laughs> oh, why yeah, has this right. happened? <laughs> I started posting articulate thoughts of other people. Of other, uh, so many today. people. Yeah. But last night I was just like, I posted it and I deleted it and I was just like, I'm not at a point of articulating myself. Um, and for anyone who's like, well, people who voted for Trump didn't know. Well, one, you know that the president appoints Supreme Court justices, don't you? And mm-hmm. in 2016 Trump literally said during a 2016 presidential debate not that we're going to have presidential debates anymore because Republicans don't want to (laughs) red flag sidebar (laughs) um he literally said in a debate that Roe would automatically be overturned were he to appoint multiple justices Mm -hmm. 
he did literally literally say that out loud and you know i'm not cutting people slack on that front too like since we clearly the rage portion of my my moment hasn't like worn off here but i do i'm i'm if you think I'm ta- if you're listening to this and you think I'm talking about you, I I am. <laughs> um, no, I, when I saw your your post about people who voted for him and got abortion should be ashamed, I was just like, oh, flame emojis. Yes, Oof, I was just like, I'm not sorry. You know, I went to bed being like, should I delete that? Because it was like really intense, and I was just like, no, no, <laughs> um, leaving it up. You have just had a child. I am in like the pre-planning of like of thinking like, okay, in a couple of years, I'll be trying. I am so enraged that we would live in a country where your daughter and my children will have less rights than their mothers and grandmothers. It is so upsetting and unacceptable as to make me basically want to think about leaving this country if this is the way it's going to be. I mean, for everyone, this is an absolutely unacceptable and dangerous. It's such a dark day. I'm also angry, like I was listening to Amy Klobuchar and a few other politicians, like talking about the important, this is the most important election. Vote like you've never voted before. And I just want to be like, and what the fuck have you done to earn it? (laughs) Like, honestly, what the actual fuck do you think? How dare you honestly get up there and talk about voting when everyone, we broke our backs to vote and you guys have been sitting there with your thumbs up your asses doing jack shit. Absolutely. And like, (laughs) I think the blame first and foremost is with Republicans and with Trump and with the Supreme Court justices that we have. Mm -hmm. But I will say I agree with you. I I get irritated when people without uteruses. Mm -hmm. I saw a couple people where their only take were fuck Democrats. (laughs) And these are the same people where I'm like, who did you vote for? Right. And did you vote? Those people, none of them were people who could ever at any point in their life get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing is, I agree with parts of that take. Yeah. Not from your mouth. And yeah. You need to have a more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed. Yeah. You're not allowed to have those opinions. But I do, I do agree with, with a lot of that because they're, <sighs> Democrats have tried to codify Roe into law over the last almost 50 years to varying degrees. Obama was particularly uh, depressing. Um, <laughs> yeah. He literally he told Planned Parenthood early in his White House bid that the first thing he'd do as president would be codify Roe. Wow! Wow! By, wow! Wow! Yeah, wow. by signing the latest iteration of the Freedom of Choice Act. But four months into his presidency, he said it was not his highest legislative priority and suggested energy would be better spent at reducing unwanted or unintended pregnancies. Terrific. Um, and then, of course. <laughs> wanted to lump it into healthcare. Republicans weren't into that. Other people weren't into that. Took it out. Mm-hmm. And Obama issued the executive order reiterating that federal money would not be used to pay for abortions, things like that. Yeah. Um, and just he slept said, on it. Yeah, basically the ACA will cover contraception. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and that's Obama is just one example. There were other many other presidents and many other people in leadership positions over the years since um, it went into Roe v. Wade became the decision. Um, and of course, during that time, they were trying to overturn Roe v. Wade on the other side along the years at different points, too. There was a sort of like power exchange going back and forth. But all that being said, granted, there were times the Democrats tried and failed. But in all that time, there were opportunities that were missed. Mm-hmm. It feels really gross. When, when I, Andrew Yang's fucking tweet. Oh, I haven't um, seen it. 
Oh, oh was, no. I didn't even, I wasn't even going to talk about this. Uh, oh. But his, when I was scrolling, his tweet was like something along the Oh, no. Um, it was something along the lines of like, oh, this is going to really mobilize Democratic voters. Oh, my that God. Actually, like- my dad tweeted something like that, too. Or no, no, he didn't tweet it. He was probably smart enough not to tweet it, but he texted it to the group family thread. And I was like, which is oh. a take. Well, your dad also <laughs> tweeted like very good things about it. I know. Why um, am I like throwing him under the bus? You know I will die for your parents. <laughs> I have established that on this podcast. Um, but he... Posted the political art article with, wow, if this holds, this ruling would dramatically energize Democratic turnout, which oh, I, I understand his intent was not to be a shit, but, but like your response, Mr. Guy, is not to talk about how this is going to energize turnout. No, no that is no. so like robot interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you want to make a statement, it should mm-hmm. be in support of humans who can get pregnant and what this means for them it shouldn't be Ooh, this will it's just andrew i know you're better than this um yeah what are you thinking yeah not to totally roast andrew yang you know i don't think he's the worst person in the world there are things i really like about him but that take yeah look and i think it's important too as we are like throwing like our you know led by me because i'm i'm in a, a really toxic anger moment um but like we are we're, co- we're coming for democrats toxic, you know? yeah you know we're i mean we're coming for democrats too because it might go without saying like i was not really reading any conservative media today uh, unless it came through my twitter feed from someone else retweeting i was not interested in what ben shapiro or <sighs> bill crystal i haven't or, even like mm-mm. No, I don't I don't need their takes um on this at all or any um I didn't read anything that Mitch McConnell said. I know that he was super upset about the fact that there was a leak like everyone's pearl clutching about the, oh, the leak is such a ugh. and like we should get to that. But I think the reason why we come for Democrats at this moment is because as we've said in different in various podcasts since um Democrats have been in the majority, we have the House and the Senate and the presidency at this moment. We could get rid of the filibuster, but we're stuck because we aren't. And it's not just that we aren't, you are not there is no active mobilization on certain things. There's no attempt to find consensus. Like Joe Manchin is never actually finding 10, 10 Democrats in the middle, even though he Mm-mm. said he could. Joe Biden, Mr. Reach Across the Aisle, can't find 10 Democrats, I mean 10 Republicans to get anything past um so i am i'm livid i'm livid they're not doing anything and as and and conservatives and super um cynical liberals actually do it's almost like that horseshoe where they actually come together at the top mm-hmm. is that feeling of like I don't want to vote for Democrats just because you're telling me that the Republicans are worse you can't make me vote you're you're like rallying cry for like vote like you've never voted for before is like hey look at how bad the other guy is people are fucking sick of that it's 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 only gonna work so many times it's barely worked in the last few years and people are tired of that justification it is weak and you're gonna have to do better absolutely and i mean from where i'm sitting a lot of our (laughs) current democrats are not progressive enough a lot of them i think have been in their jobs too long Mm -hmm. diane diane Um, and it's not doing anyone any favors. And I do believe that there are people trying to get things done, trying to do the good work. Um, but I think there are people trying to keep this single issue voters, basically. 
Right. Um, they're trying to be like, oh, well, maybe this will motivate people to come to the polls. Oh, better turn up. No, we need we need to do something about this. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, as it looks like it will be from this opinion, there are trigger laws in more than two dozen states, which basically mean that in those states, abortion will become either fully illegal mm-hmm. or there will be major, major restrictions put upon it. Um, and who's to say what could happen in the states that have protections now, you know, down, right. down the line. Um, and when you think about the ramifications and you think about the fact that of high income countries, we are the one with the worst maternal mortality rate. When you look mm-hmm. at who it impacts most, it's women of color. Yep. You know, black women are more than three times more likely to die in childbirth compared to white women. We don't have maternity leave. We don't have universal health care. We don't have access to affordable child care or free child care. We don't have systems in place to support women who are or people who are pregnant um, to the or people who give birth um, after the point that they give birth. And it's just so blatant and mm-hmm. absurd and... Um, a quote that's been shared a lot, um, I think from Lindy West, where she talks about who is going to be impacted by this the most and that, you know, conservative um, men, their mistresses and their wives can go off and their daughters and get abortions no matter what the law becomes, mm-hmm. that people without access to the resources that they have aren't going to be able to. So it's not like you cannot make you cannot ban abortion. You can only ban safe abortion. That's been said a lot because it's really true. And that's what will likely happen if this is overturned, as it seems like it will be. Yeah, the ramifications are huge. And public opinion doesn't support this either. Nope. The majority of people do not, su- Democrats and Republicans do not support this. And the vast majority of people continue to support abortion access in at least some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 91% of Democrats and 69% of Republicans supporting abortion, at least some cases. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't have a body like, and why, why was Donald Trump even caring about this? He didn't genuinely care about this as a human. I could promise no. you not with evidence, but I could promise you that he mm-hmm. has paid for someone's abortion before. You can't say with a straight face that he has not like paid for someone's abortion. Well, at no. least one, like, at least at least that's so generous like this quote has also been sort of passed around a lot from dave branhart um and i won't read the whole thing but um basically starting with um talking about how the unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for they never make demands of you they're morally uncomplicated unlike incarcerated addicted chronically poor they don't resent your condescension or complain that you are not politically correct Unlike widows, they don't ask you to question patriarchy. Unlike orphans, they don't need money, education, or childcare. They don't bring racial and cultural and religious baggage that you dislike. They allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships. And then when you're born, you can forget about when they're born, you can forget about them because they cease to be unborn. You can love the unborn, unborn and advocate them without substantially challenging your own wealth, power, or privilege without reimagining social structures, apologizing, or making reparations to anyone. They are, in short, the perfect people for you to love if you want to claim to love Jesus but actually dislike people who breathe. Prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they get thrown under the bus for the unborn. Yep. <laughs> I just it, said I wasn't going to read it, and then I was like, actually, I'm reading Read thing. it. 
And just like a note for like the religious freedom people, there are religions where there is the expectation of access to abortion, FYI. And yes. people whose religion says, or their interpretation of the religion says they can't have abortions, no one's ever going to force an abortion. Um, yes. So that's something to note. I'm so glad you brought that up. Judaism, I think, right? Yeah. Judaism yeah. one of them. Um, also, I believe Wiccans. Um, oh, really? I'm not sure. Not 100% sure oh on my that goodness. one. Oh, my Not the bees. <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> Not wickers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Killing me won't bring back your, your goddamn honey. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the wicker the hands. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then, Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. I feel like shout out in the Oh, let's talk way. about them first. We should maybe talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> <laughs> We'll get into them believing Kavanaugh and others that it's mm. precedent and it we're all fine. And now they're both acting shocked and appalled. Um, how could this happen? Oh my goodness. And both of them, interestingly, voted in February against the Women's Health Protection Act, which was a Democratic bill aimed at turning Rowan Casey into law yep. and making it, basically codifying it. That was uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and then they offered their own, like a competing bill, the Reproductive Choice Act, that's more narrow um, and would, um, they said it would have broader support, but the concern from Democrats and others is that it has loopholes that would permit things like the Mississippi um, law that would bar abortions, ban abortions after 15 weeks. Um, and a quote that I, or a tweet that I enjoyed um, from someone named Brandon Bradford, who I don't, I don't know why I follow him or where he came from, but I enjoy his tweets. Um, Slimy or legitimately this dumb is a game show that just shows you a picture of Susan Collins every time she is shocked by a predictable outcome, <laughs> which, which feels pretty on the nose. It's like, are you this, this out of touch and unaware and ignorant and, and stupid? Stupid. Frankly, or. Yeah. Are you that, are you like Mitch McConnell level, like conniving? And that's a really good question. I don't know. Um, I don't want to assume she's that stupid as a feminist, you know? I think she, Women can be conniving. (laughs) I think she's conniving. I think she's conniving. I think she just wants to be, I think there is a segment of people, again, I'm, I'm in a mood, so, and I'm not apologizing for it. I think there's a segment of like, quote unquote, moderate people who feel like they're above everyone because mm-hmm. being a moderate somehow equates in their mind to being like the most independent thinker. Like, I'm not swayed by a political camp. I think about each individual issue and then I land exactly where my morality tells me i'm not in a mm-hmm. camp i'm fucking over that like so she is one of those people she thinks she's better than everyone with her sort of moderate stances on things so she's so when she said that uh she said this draft ruling was quote completely inconsistent with what justice gorsuch and justice kavanaugh said in their hearings and in our meetings in my office um, because they both indicated to her that they considered Roe to be settled law. And she stood up. Could. Yeah, exactly. She stood up and justified it when she was the deciding vote to um, appoint Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. We all remember that. Um, and 
then someone said, so would you consider yourself misled? And she was like, I think my statement speaks for itself. It's like, you're too like flimsy to even just be like, I was misled. You, you know, you won't even give anyone like that sort of, you won't even allow that level of clarity. You're like my statements, you know, like just say you're, you're misled. Well, at least yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I also shout out to Maine for in a negative way you split the ticket in 2020 between biden and and susan collins you actually had a chance to to elect sarah gideon and like but no 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 you elected susan collins like you did that you did that collins yeah i think yeah i haven't decided what what i think i think she's a little bit of both at least um Mm -hmm. but i don't know was she really hoodwinked by these buffoons and why Clarence Thomas, you have been naughty as well. Like I you are oh. on timeout and here you are. I mean, that is a whole other thing that could be an entire goddamn episode is that the fact that it's Clarence Thomas, a man who was um you know, should never have been on the Supreme Court to begin with due to his inappropriate behavior towards Anita Hill mm-hmm. in 1990. Um, is here as the most senior member getting what he's always wanted after a like explosive and very detailed report came out last month about him and his batshit wife, Ginny Thomas, and her involvement in the January 6th riots um, and insurrection and her text messages with Mark Meadows and like de- it her inappropriate intertwine intertwining relationship in Washington DC with so many um she's like the nexus point for so many um GOP mega donors and different like think tanks like conservative think tanks this woman and 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 she's married to Clarence Thomas who is like an outspoken who has outspoken himself. So it's so inappropriate. It needs to be scrutinized. And yet this man gets to choose who writes the decision on, on Roe. It's, it's really something. And, and the fact that this is not getting, we've, we've collectively decided we're forgetting about the Clarence and Ginny Thomas scandal, like already when really that deserves a whole investigation, but, but no, Justice Roberts, he'll come out and be like, Oh no, the leak of this was so scandalous. We're, we're in, we're conducting an investigation. It's like, and what about an investigation into Clarence Thomas? When's that going to happen? Yeah. Where, where is that? We're just wondering. Mm-hmm. We're just curious about that. Um, and, and there's a question of what to do now. Can we codify it now? Uh, well, probably not. Um, <laughs> Short answer. Probably not. Short answer. Probably not. Um, there are understandably calls to codify it into law now. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of what? Let's 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 do it now. We can do it now. Um, Congress. So we want we want to pass legislation that codifies it, but we need sixty votes in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, we could probably get a couple um, of the Republicans. We could probably maybe Susan and Lisa. You know, they might they might come maybe and they'll join the show, but. 60 votes does not seem possible on this planet. No. Um, so the only way to do it would be to abolish the filibuster. And Mansion and Cinema have already said they're not going to support any efforts to weaken the filibuster. 
Um, And Biden has said that this administration will be ready when any ruling is issued to codify to codify Roe. It could be months before it is clear whether the document will serve as the basis for the court's decision or if it was just an opening round of negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um, why not do it now? <laughs> I genuinely... Yeah. Why not... Why do you need to wait? Why can't we just... if you And he ran on this too. Biden in 2020 yeah. uh. did say he would codify it. Right. Why not <laughs> do it now? Um, and it, but they have done some good things, you know, reversed the Trump regulation that barred healthcare providers from receiving Title X family planning funds, from mentioning abortion care to patients, things like that. But why not mm-hmm. codify now? Um, it seems that the midterms may be part of this. Mm. Weird. We're leaning into more moderation, more moderate messaging. I, if there's any more moderate messaging, we're all going to just implode. Nothing's going to happen. We're all going to disappear into in, nothingness. Indeed. So, yeah, the fact yeah, will I will be ready if any ruling is issued. You will not be ready, sir. Why are you not ready <laughs> now? Like this is we've been decades of of hoping for the codification. You were working with Obama when he said it was the number one priority, and then four months later, it wasn't anymore. Right. Um, this isn't a just an issue to get people to the polls. This is like you know human beings and their lives. Mm-hmm. Um. So not really sure if if you can be ready at any time once it's once Roe is overturned. <laughs> why can't you be ready now? Imagine this, Joe Biden. <laughs> Imagine today you learned they overturned Roe. Do the thing. Like, why are we? What? Mm, how? Why? I do not understand. Uh, he also did a fun thing, which you know. Democrats have been doing all day and which makes me want to just like hurl my computer. Oh, he texted me for a donation, I think. Oh, I didn't get a text, but I, I mean, he and many others are saying it will fall on voters to elect pro-choice officials this November. Um, We'll need a federal, at a federal level, we need more pro-choice senators and a pro-choice majority in the House um, to adopt legislation. And I will work to pass that and sign it into law. Sleepy, Mm. sleepy Joe. Unfortunately, Trump was like 100% on point with that nickname. You sleeping? Everyone, like, I'm I'm so, I'm tired. We're all tired. And, like, you have to give voters something to believe in. You really do. It's actually your, it's your job to deliver on what we already put you in office. You and the other senators and in the House, like, it's your job to deliver on what we, what we want and what we need. And honestly, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I, like, I am getting to a fatalistic point where I feel like, uh, I do think that voters should be able to see some some actual evidence of the policies of of whom they vote. So if we if 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 Democrats lose and we get a Republican Republican runs House Senate and then and then presidency and Mitch McConnell 
gets rid of the filibuster, which he will. How is he still around and kicking? Mm. I know. It's a whole thing um, that's depressing, but he will get rid of the filibuster. And I will, for one, be actually really relieved. We'll look like idiots, of course. We'll look like dumb, dumb, gullible assholes. Mm-hmm. But at at a very basic level, like voters in the in this country should be able to see a direct correlation between like I voted Democrat and these are the start the policies that started happening. I voted Republican and here are the policies that started happening. Um, now with Trump, that happened because partially because he did have the House Senate, the House and the Senate and the conservative court, like pretty much um, for his, you know, he had for two years. So a lot of shit happened for him, but we still kept the filibuster. We got back the House in 2018. There was some level of, um, we were able to basically just barely keep the wheels on the bus and keep everything okay. Um, and again, saying that from a position of privilege, it's everything was very much not okay for a lot of people, but like democracy didn't a hundred percent crumble. Um, but with the Democrats, you couldn't, there's nothing happening. The state, the stasis, the status quo, you, you're not giving people anything to vote for and you really can't you absolutely cannot just be like well look at the other guy that is that is not going to work and while a lot of beleaguered women are going to turn out no matter what especially women of color will come out and vote for democrats no matter what um it's you really like you should fucking earn these votes you you i really would love for you to just goddamn try and earn him like yeah <laughs> And, it's, and you know that he's what was the te- what was the text Joe sent? Yeah, me? what did he send? What did he send? Uh, oh, I'm glad I didn't get that. I don't. Oh, it might have been an email. It might have been an email. But either way, it's he was basically referencing the things that he has done. You know, oh, I dropped the Hyde Amendment, my first budget proposal, um, rescinded the global gag rule, like all good things, Joe. Right. But you can't like, you can't just. It's not the same. You no, know, like. It is good that those things happened and that you did those things, sure. Bare men. But you're Bare not going to distract us. Yeah, you're not going to distract right. us by telling us about these things you did. Like, we know. That was cool. Um, right. However, now we need this codified and you basically you essentially said you could do it. Right. But what are you waiting for? What are you wait- and give it or give it to Kamala? Like, why didn't you? I know what um, is she you know, like. She's what got is she no doing? Fucking press. <laughs> like, what is she? I'm sure she's doing stuff. I'm not. What the hell is she doing? <laughs> I don't know. Doug keeps her busy. Um, <laughs> big I fan feel, of Doug. Big fan of Vice President. Yeah, Harris. I don't know what they're up to with her if they're planning to keep like if people just got mad when they like there there has to be a strategy between behind why she's not in the public eye and i don't Mm -hmm. know what it is um but yeah maybe she could like do a thing um could somebody do a thing because yeah right now oh elizabeth warren by the way oh yeah um I continue to love her. She yeah, can, she's. I, I'm still not amazing. 
Yeah, disappointed. She had quite a response, quite a heated Elizabeth Warren she, response good, to good. what was happening. Get on my level. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like there, I don't know what media it was that was there, but like I've never seen you so angry. And she's like, "This is going to impact the most vulnerable." Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, she went on. She, Elizabeth is is upset as we all are, but she is knock on wood. I hope she's someone that doesn't. I mean, she's made missteps along the way. She's not perfect, but overall. Yeah, like the 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 content of her character and her convictions. Right. I'm I'm I'm, I'm grateful she exists and is out there, and because um, there are a lot of protests happening, there are people who are in the streets. Um, mm-hmm. No one where I live. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe when I move. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully when I move. Um, <laughs> but there is, I mean, there's public, there's not public support for what's happening, and there is quite the opposite um for a lot of people but i don't know what difference it i i don't I, everyone should be protesting and making their voices heard absolutely mm-hmm. um it's just hard to know what is going to make the difference here and how long it's going to take and what the road ahead is and how many um people are going to die because of this right um, without being hyperbolic right because um yeah this opens this opinion if it becomes law will open the door for a lot of really awful things um and essentially deny people agency over their own bodies which i would feel would be a constitutional right right but i guess i'm not sammy sam molina so what do i know well and i mean on that topic um adam serwer from the atlantic wrote a great article today talking about that alito wrote in his opinion in this draft opinion that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and adam serwer um in the atlantic today was talking about it reflects uh, the current tone of right-wing discourse grandiose and contemptuous disingenuous and self-contradictory with the necessary undertone of self-pity as justification When addressing kind of the history thing, he said, so Alito claims to be sweeping away one of the great unjust Supreme Court precedents, such as Dred Scott v. Sanford, which held that black people had no rights um, white men were bound to respect, or Plessy v. Ferguson, which upheld racial segregation. But in truth, Alito is employing the logic of Plessy, which allows the states to violate the individual rights of their residents in any way the legislatures deem reasonable. As in the opinion of Plessy, Homer Plessy's argument was that the segregation law violated the 14th Amendment, his 14th Amendment rights, and that those rights should not be subject to a popularity contest in every state in the union. What Alito describes as, quote, restrictive regime of constitutional protection for abortion rights is the kind of safe harbor Plessy himself sought, which I thought was really a good framing to think about things because Alito specifically calls, he does call out Dred Scott and Plessy. And there's an element of gaslighting, I think, to even try to go there when you say that, like, um, the opinion, uh, the right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history. Our nation's history is uh, incredibly fucked up one in which uh-huh. we actually, as as one person on Twitter, which I, I, I'm sure I won't be able to pull this up, quickly enough to reference now but um one woman on twitter woman of color said like you i was born with like freedom 
the Constitution of the United States in our, quote, deeply rooted history took that freedom away in the Constitution. And then in the 14th and then the 14th Amendment gave it back to me a little. And then the was it the 18th Amendment gave it back to women. So it was like my freedoms were amendments twice in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So don't come. I mean, it, I think it takes a certain level of uh, real. I mean, I guess gall is the only way to put it, to say that you would you would say, I'm looking at our deeply rooted um, nation's history for the right to an abortion, which we, we, we cannot find. Um, also, and this is getting into like law and I'm not a lawyer, but I do know that there have been there's this concept of a penumbra in the United in constitutional law, which in, includes a group a group of rights derived by implication from other rights explicitly protected in the Bill of Rights. They've been this is a Wikipedia. They've been identified through a process of reasoning by in, interpolation, where specific principles are recognized from general ideas that are explicitly expressed in other constitutional provisions. This got a lot of popularity during the Griswold v. Connecticut hearing in the 60s, which identified a right to privacy as a penumbra in the Constitution. Griswold v. Connecticut is another case which was referenced by Alito in his opinion today. The question in Griswold v. Connecticut is, does the Constitution protect the right of marital privacy against state restrictions on a couple's ability to be counseled in the use of contraceptives? Basically, can married couples use fucking contraception? (laughs) And this was in 1965. The court ruled 7-2 that, yes, pri- that privacy is permitted in the Constitution under the concept of a penumbra. That was expanded in 1973 in Roe v. Wade that the right to an abortion fell under that type of a, penum- a penumbra, something that was an extrapolated freedom, constitutional freedom that wasn't explicitly granted. These types of freedoms have been expanded as we've progressed as a society. Contraceptives, interracial marriages, which was Loving v. Virginia, which Alito also called out. Um, Obergefell v. Hodges, which is gay marriage. He also called that out. I also learned today that um, there's a really disturbing case called Buck versus Bell, which was from 1927, which has never been overturned, which basically concludes that you can medically sterilize people who have like under a certain IQ. It's a Virginia law, which um, sterilized um, inmates of institutions to promote quote, the health of the patient and the welfare of society. And in a really horrendous decision, Justice Holmes said that this law was totally okay in order to prevent the nation from quote, being swamped with incompetence. Three generations of imbeciles are enough. Whew, that has not been overturned. Like, mm-hmm. so we are fighting against, I think, history that's always trying to drag us down. We have to sort of try to look to the law, look to history, look to the text of the Constitution for guidance as to how to proceed. No one really is arguing that you throw out the text of the Constitution. We are arguing that, first of all, there are certain laws, certain freedoms that have been granted that at this point, after 50 years of precedent, are settled, settled law. Um, and it's been reaffirmed. Like Planned Parenthood versus Casey was like 1990 or something. Three Supreme Court justices said whether or not we agree with Roe, we're not in like a position to be overturning it because it's such settled precedent at this point. It's a super precedent. 
Um, and that was in 1990 with like 30 years of precedent. So we are here sitting here with 50 years of history, um, 50 years of precedent and justices who as, as um, recently as three years ago with Kavanaugh had said, Roe is settled law, I assure you. <laughs> and I guess I'm just sitting here feeling very frustrated and furious that um, specifically we would um, Alito would be able to use his opinion in in this case to gaslight us into saying basically like because it's because the right to abortion isn't deeply rooted in our nation's history it's yeah. not valid what a yeah what <laughs> what a quote-unquote point to make right <laughs> right like this is really like the it's the it's so flimsy it's gonna set a really dangerous precedent if this is what um like he's like if because you never know right maybe what right. they're all saying it, it'll be true and it's not gonna it's gonna be fine no it's not gonna be fine it's um <laughs> but it is um yeah it's terrifying it's damning and just opens the door to all kinds of discrimination um basically yeah like you said saying there's no freedom from state coercion that conservatives can't strip away if conservatives find that freedom personally distasteful great great that's what this country was founded on right that's and you look like and when i look globally i don't feel any better you know you see like you see the, the rise up of this kind of sentiment and this kind of um behavior and this this way to legislate and that's what that's part of what's so scary about this is it doesn't feel like this is a hiccup it feels like this is a very monumental marker in the road going a very specific direction and um it it feels like we've been moving in that direction certainly sometimes it'd be like oh a few steps forward a few steps back kind Mm -hmm. of towing the line but this this feels like a definitive move in a certain direction because the Supreme Court, um, they're there for life. You know, they don't, (laughs) we don't get to put someone new in after a couple of years. I mean, I, I, I wonder, um, I haven't looked into it because I have a feeling the answer won't make me happy, but I wonder if, you know, the, the justices who, um, essentially asserted that this was settled law and then went and made this it, we assume are making this decision mm-hmm. um it feels like something's wrong with that right like can we get Kavanaugh out of there for yeah not probably not no. but it, it does feel no. as if um they asserted one thing and then went. it doesn't feel as if they asserted one thing and went and did another thing um right and are we just supposed to accept them on the court for forever Oh yeah. Um, it doesn't seem very justicely to to do this. Um, no. And I, just, I see fucking and, and those like you know how they have those shots of the Supreme Court and it's a video and they're all. Mm. <sighs> I see Amy Coney Barrett mm. and I'm terrified. Like <laughs> she's terrifying. <laughs> Kavanaugh and his doofy motherfucking. All of them. I don't what are we to do? And I think about Ruth RBG and how she would feel. And I mean, nothing, yeah, nothing is given. Nothing is known. Um, I just wish we could 
just move forward and progress instead of having to revisit decisions from four, fucking 50 years ago. Yeah. Like right. I, not to like center this on myself, but I remember being a little kid and thinking of my future and the world mm-hmm. um, and even growing up a little older and having more of an understanding of the nuances of the world and, and thinking things would be a certain way. You don't expect to grow up and find things and rights scaling back quite so much you know I think you can understand or cautiously expect that things don't always go your way or maybe there'll be some you know you gotta take a few steps back to move forward but I would not have uh, predicted when I was but a young child that I would grow up and this would be the situation that we would be so so far back and I don't think my mother would have predicted this I don't and it's hard to know what to do because we are obviously living history that's always been true um but it feels like in so many ways that we are living a history that we didn't expect to live you know we we thought that we at least I thought that we had learned as a society from things and that overall we'd move in the in a direction of progress even if there are hiccups along the way and now I you know and you look at what's happening in Ukraine and I have no idea what's going to happen in this country um there could be people coming to our doors and killing us I have no (laughs) (laughs) not to you know right right but I have no I have no grasp on what is possible anymore um that's so true i think the the rollback of rights in this country the rise in in nationalist nationalism across the world globally you know there's the war in ukraine there's global warming there's there like there's a lot of things to be frustrated to be not more like to be heartbroken about um and we try to take those things in stride we try to call them out we try to be aware of these injustices as they're happening. I think a lot of the time that's, that's what we see you as for because we're like processing something bigger, but like shouting out a bunch of shitty stuff that we see mm-hmm. just to be like, Hey, I, we haven't forgotten about this. Um, and this matters. And I think for us, and it really, I, you know, I, I wonder, I think about like why this, this specific issue is so obviously like so, so activating for me and for you and for a lot of women. And I mean, I think there are some fucking obvious reasons that we really don't have to, we shouldn't have to explain. It's about bodily autonomy. And you absolutely know that if those without uteruses, broadly speaking, Mm -hmm. men were in charge, they would have the right to figure, they would absolutely, you know, make sure that they had the right to do what they needed to do for their body, for their own health before anyone else's. Jesus Christ, of course, before anyone else's. I think it's just knowing that there's the 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 scope of the suffering, excuse me, is just going to get so much worse before it hopefully gets better before and it it's scary to be thinking about having kids in in this world and it makes me not want to. Um you know, I I want to more than I don't want to, but that doesn't mean that these moments really they give me pause. It just it and it really makes me sad. Um I don't think it's ever going to sway me to not, but this is not a world that I feel optimistic about, that I feel mm-hmm. hopeful. And I know like 
to anyone like I wish you'd see everything everywhere all at once um I really want to uh, fucking see it. I was <laughs> like I saw someone post something about how it's like the best movie they've ever seen in their entire life and it made them think like I've seen such like outrageous <laughs> endorsements of this movie that and it came out when I oh yeah also I had COVID last week yeah but, oh. <laughs> but it came out uh well it came out a while ago but yeah. um yeah I would love to, to see it um but yeah, yeah. I mean, if my husband will watch the child if, if my woman yeah. self is allowed out of the house i know if you, isolation. Can, if you can um, dally outside the house but no um, it's yeah it's a movie that I, I haven't seen more buzz from a few people i care about more about any any movie i think yeah it was definitely good it, i mean obviously it was like and it made me think a lot about different things but um without like it, this doesn't spoil anything, but there's like a mother daughter relationship. And I think there's a, a part of the movie is kind of about like, I think just feeling overwhelmed by how, by feeling everything in the world. And, um, what do you, how do you structure your life around a world that you feel is like crumbling or, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. And you and I, like we met when we were campaigning for Obama and the oh world seemed God. like such a different place. Yeah. Many, many moons ago, many moons ago. And I used to love talking about the Supreme court because I think, it, what was exciting to me in 2008 <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, was like looking at how uh, looking at progress through court through court decisions where you had to distill it down to a constitutional question is this in the constitution is this constitutional and if it isn't are we growing the constitution to envelop to to broaden it to in incorporate more rights as we become a better country and how do they do that you know um super interesting and rich um and also but uh, yeah and now i really while i read about the court with bated breath and anxiety, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't take, it's not fun. No. <laughs> it's not fun for me. <laughs> yeah. It's just figuring out oh, what, what rights do we have now? What's possibly on the table to be taken away? And what is it all? Like, there's no, there's no real system anymore. You know, like we do have a Supreme court, but what does it really mean when, a reality show guy who lost the popular vote put three of them there. Right. I mean, Five of the Supreme Court justices now are from men who lost the popular vote. Yep. And yeah, and the the fact that Trump was elected in the first place reeks mm -hmm. of so much misogyny. Um, there is just so much misogyny so deeply embedded in our society and our culture and I've never thought we're past it, but it's <laughs> like we just keep proving to ourselves how far behind we are. Totally. And in case anyone needs like, you know, if you're someone who's listening and thinks like, yeah, this is all bad, but like you guys are, in, you know, you can always choose to live in a state that, you know, protects that right. Um, 
funnily enough, and I, by funny, I don't mean funny in any real sense of the definition at all. Um, <laughs> the Washington Post had, um, like yesterday morning, so before the news from Politico broke, they had um, a whole article about how leading anti-abortion groups and their allies in Congress have been meeting behind the scenes to plan a national strat- strategy that would kick in if the Supreme Court rolls back abortion rights this summer. And that includes a push for a strict nationwide ban on the procedure if Republicans retake power in Washington. And they will do it. And then your art of, I mean, like your feeble argument about how like it doesn't personally affect us at the, like you and us at this specific moment based on the state that we thankfully are lucky enough to choose to live in. And by the way, if you're a conservative who thinks like, well, I can always fly my daughter, wife, mistress to like wherever to get an abortion, you know, are you guys really thinking this through? Because if there's a nationwide ban, I mean, of course, there's always going to be wealthy people with access who are going to, there's always going to be wealthy people with access who, who are able to deal with this. But um, if you start making this a nationwide ban, I mean, this is really, it's really, really something to meditate on. <laughs> yeah. It's already like trying to crack down on um, the abortion pills and things like that could potentially right? go across state lines. So before you know it, your mistress daughter won't be able to potentially get an abortion without leaving the country. And then what if there's some Gilead-ass shit where they're, like, making women take pregnancy tests at, before getting on flights? And it sounds insane, but this would have sounded insane four years ago, ten right. years ago. Um you know, like your like your dad, um, who <laughs> thought the premise of Handmaid's Tale was a little far fetched, and now is like, sorry, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> I was guess so funny. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really appreciated that uh, admission from him, um, because also that it is it sounds far fetched, like you said, the whole with like pregnancy, you know, forced pregnancy tests or something, but. There's actually a great film that I highly recommend for anyone that's interested um, called Four Months, Three Weeks, Two Days. It's a Romanian film from 2007, and it um, follows a woman and her friend getting um, – like a woman helping her friend get an abortion. Um, but it's in um, the regime – like it's modern Romania, but under their like super oppressive regime there. And they have to take um, pregnancy tests and their periods are monitored, which brings me to something that I've seen now circulating a fair amount on Twitter, which is that um, actually a lot of people are saying if you're in the US and you're using period tracking apps, today's a good day to delete it before you create a trove of data that will be used to prosecute you if you ever choose to have an abortion. Um, so that's something to think about, which is like, if you're tracking your periods and then something goes awry or it's your track, you know, that could be a flag if someone, if your data is accessible, um, which is, uh, depressing as fuck. And I haven't clicked on any of those articles, but just sharing to, uh, so people who are meticulous about their period tracking, which I (laughs) am not, oops, um, you know, might want to think about where that data is actually, who has access to that data, you know. Which also sucks because it's like, if you track your periods, you're more likely to know when you are able to get pregnant. Right. So it's like an extra, like, fucking shot in the foot, shot in the knee. Yeah. um, When 
now it doesn't feel safe to do that. Get out a pencil and paper and put it <laughs> <Right>? in <laughs> under your pillow. From howl at the moon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is what we're doing now. Um, yeah, really, obviously, um, scary, awful shit. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, there's like, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap, you know, soon. There's a lot of other elements to this. I think it just, it could be a multi-part um, yeah. meditation on all this. And I think a lot, a lot more is going to come out. Um, there was, there was a lot in Justice Alito's. I mean, he, it's a full-throated repudiation of Roe and Casey. And I think everyone would do well to, you don't have to read the whole thing, but like read the highlights because the language that he puts in it, whether or not that's, that's the final language that's used. Um, it's, it's really important to hear where he's at and where five justices in it have signed on as a draft. Like even if they move it a little and they cave to public pressure, we'll know that this was, they signed on to this. (laughs) Yeah. This wasn't his like fever dream. (laughs) No. They were all like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I'll put my name on that. Yeah. And, you know, I am, I'm curious. I am curious who leaked it, but, like, that's mm-hmm. not the important part of the story. No, no, it isn't. And some people are getting really taken away with that. Oh, my, how couldn't they leak this? <laughs> well, and I also saw an interesting thing because I initially, like, for almost all, you know, I initially thought, oh, my gosh, whoever leaked this is, like, a national hero, Um like so glad that we get some time to sort of pressure them even though like are they gonna ever be susceptible to public pressure I guess that's the whole point is that they aren't but whatever but then I saw a tweet that was actually talking about how it was probably a conservative clerk who leaked it because that and I hadn't even considered that that it would be someone who wanted to make sure that this was locked in and that any divergence from this full-throated endorsement would be noted and then they'd all feel pressure to keep their names on this version which is so insidious and in which case i'm i'm kind of like well i want to know who like just so that i mean like let's get that fucker like out in front (laughs) yeah be curious very curious but it's not this this is not that is so not the point yeah exactly not the point but (laughs) but interesting and and a huge ad it adds to the historic nature of what we're about to see in terms of this decision like this is always going to be a part of the story that it was leaked early. That is his, there has been nothing like that. There's only, there have been leaks that have been like, Oh, this was what was discussed for this case mm-hmm. or that case and behind the, behind the scenes. But like a decision of this magnitude getting leaked early is like yeah. really unbelievable. Which speaks, I think too, to the magnitude of this decision. You mm-hmm. know, it's, I mean, it would, in my opinion, be the most historic Supreme court, decision ever if, if and when they overturn this um right probably the only other one would be brown v board of ed we'll see what happens <laughs> what will our our rights be next week <laughs> tune oh, in <laughs> tune in as we all find out and by the way i feel like i feel like after the last 24 hours i've been like this is me like super toned down you know <laughs> like yeah, even though i'm super like- the chill version this is the chill version everyone so if it sounded intense um just be glad we weren't recording last night (laughs) yeah it would have just been guttural screams it would have been no words just no words no words well for a good thing tune in to another 
<laughs> podcast or planet. <laughs> yeah. I don't have one today. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't have, no, I don't have a good, a good thing. We're not on the menu. You know what? Everyone just do what you need to do for yourself this week. Women, people with yeah. uteruses. And you have money to, to spill, look into the, um, Look into the different funds that you can yes. donate to, especially in the more than two dozen states that are likely going to be without um, access. Yes, I'm actually, oh my God. Okay, thank you. I'm so glad you said that. Um, you can always donate, of course, to Planned Parenthood and all of the national organizations that people know. But like you said, the states, the local abortion funds, um, are great because people know their state laws like much better. There are a couple of places that you could donate. Like um, I know vote save America has a link um, on their Twitter page now. Um, and I think you can go to secureblue.com, uh, but if you donate via them, they split your donation or your gift between more than 80 abortion funds. But if you just click on the abortion funds there, they list out the 84 um, like local funds and you can just see which one, you know, you might want to, um, consider donating to. And I just like knee jerk donated to Planned Parenthood today just to be like, okay, first, first things first, but, um, always a good choice. Okay. Everyone hang in there. Praise be or the the fruit. I don't know. I haven't seen it in forever, but I know under his eye or Mm -hmm. praise Blessed is the fruit. That's oh, yeah. that's a whole thing for a different time for another time. Oh, Elizabeth Moss and her Scientology comments. Not that, but that's bad too. Um, <laughs> apparently, um, it's starting to be like poor form to invoke *Handmaid's Tale*. Um, hang on, I took a screenshot because I was like, "Ooh, good to know." *Handmaid's Tale*. Um, fear of a future where women are only seen as fetal incubators, but the reality is that is our that is our nation's past, present, and future. Slavery is breeding, and breeding is our nation's history and legacy. The murder of Indigenous folks is our legacy. That's Renee um, Bracy Sherman, um, and I think she and some others have sort of said like, "Oh, maybe like we should just be careful when we're talking about it. *Handmaid's Tale*." And I was like, "Ah, good to know." Yeah. Um, good note. Note noted, noted, writing it down, writing it down. Deep breaths, long yeah. fight ahead. Do what you can do. We'll, uh, we'll be here. <laughs> Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Bye. Toodles.